We resume today with the Haftorah Parshas Kisetze, which is a very short Haftorah, and it is um, Perak Nandalad, chapter 54, verses 1 through 10, Pesukim Aleph through Yud. In the chapter beforehand, Hashem, the Navi, um, described the nations of the world and their reaction to us, both in exile and when we will be redeemed. And this chapter begins with a description of that actual redemption, and... Um, focused on B'nai Israel themselves and the Jewish people themselves, no longer concerned with the nation of the world and their perspective. Here the Navi just speaks directly to the Jewish people, to B'nai Israel, and to Yerushalayim, to Jerusalem itself, describing the joy of their redemption and Hashem's everlasting love for them. Very often in Navi, Jerusalem and the Jewish people are addressed interchangeably which sometimes becomes confusing in terms of the singular and the plural, um, and also in terms of who is being addressed, because Jerusalem is being described, and her children are obviously B'nai Israel, but sometimes the Pasuk will say you, and be referring to B'nai Israel and not to Jerusalem. This is not the only place that this style is used. It's a poetic and kind of inexact style, but many Mephorshim actually um, see the depth and the exact nature of the language and bring out some beautiful, very deep points from the interchanging um, pronouns used for Jerusalem and for B'nai Israel. Okay, so the, the parak begins, Rani Akara lo yalada, sing out, O barren one, who bore no child. lo chala. Break into glad song and be jubilant, you who did not travail. Ki rabim b'nei shomema mi amar Hashem. Because the children of the desolate will outnumber the children of the inhabited one, says Hashem. Jerusalem is here compared to a barren woman because she has been without her children for so long. She's compared to someone who doesn't have children at all, even though she obviously has children, but she has lost them and she has lost them for so long and is almost despaired of them coming back that she's described as barren. But the time will come when her inhabitants will come back and at that time, they will outnumber the inhabitants of the great cities in which her children have been in exile. So Jerusalem is promised that when the Jewish people return to her, her population will be so great that it will be greater than all of those great cities that have subjugated the Jewish people over the course of history. Enlarge the site of your tent, extend the curtains of your dwelling. Al tachsochi, do not hold back. Ha'arichi me'sarayach ve'yiseidosayach chaziki. Lengthen the ropes and drive the pegs firm. Hashem tells Jerusalem to get herself ready for the return of her children. And the way that it's said is so beautiful and insightful in terms of human nature. He tells the city to prepare and enlarge the site of your tent. Don't hold back. That someone who has been suffering, obviously Jerusalem is not a human being, but someone who has been suffering for a long time, yearning for something, might hold back in terms of their preparations in order not to be disappointed. And Hashem says, no, don't hold back. Lengthen the roads, drive the pegs firm, make a place for your children to come back to because they will for you shall spread out to the left and the sorry to the right and the left your offspring shall dispossess nations and they will inhabit desolate cities 
the nation will not only fill you up, but it will overflow and it will need to inhabit it, inhabit places that were formerly empty. Fear not, you shall not be shamed. Do not cringe, you will not be disgraced. What is this referring to? During both temple periods, during both Batei Mikdash, there was not absolute peace. So even though the Jewish people were where they were supposed to be and at their glory, so to speak, it wasn't full, it wasn't complete. There were oppressive nations that did try to occupy the land and were sometimes successful. And Hashem tells us here that this time will be different. Once the land becomes yours, you will not be embarrassed in defeat. For you shall forget the reproach of your youth. You will not feel the embarrassment that you felt in exile, both because of the servitude itself and also the sins that brought you to that point, meaning the physical situation itself was embarrassing, but it's that much more embarrassing when it's something that you caused yourself. And you will remember no more the shame of your widowhood. In exile, the Jewish people are referred to as widowed, both and well, like why are they referred to that way? Because they don't have a ruler, which is referred to as widowhood. And they were shamed both for that itself, meaning that they were not a sovereign nation, and they were also shamed for the suffering that resulted from not had from not being a sovereign nation, from the, the suffering that resulted from not being able to defend themselves. But when the redemption comes, what will it be like? Kivo For your master is your maker, Hashem Tzfakos Shemo. His name is Lord of Hosts. As I mentioned before, Hashem Tzfakos connotes the idea that Hashem is the ruler of all, all powerful, and everything is in His control. So he is not only your master, but he's the master of everything. So you will have everything at your disposal because your own personal God, so to speak, is the one who's really in control. The Holy One of Israel will redeem you. He is called God of all the earth. So this connects to the last Pasuk, meaning the last Pasuk in the last verse, we were told that when once the final redemption comes, the humiliation will end. So the humiliation will end because he who is in control of the whole world will be our ruler. Not only will he be able to redeem us so that, he will, so that we will no longer be embarrassed, but everyone will recognize him at that time. For like a wife that has been forsaken and saddened, Hashem calls you. Can one reject the wife of his youth? Here, Hashem says that Hashem will call to you like someone calls the wife of their youth. And that, 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 that young love or that feeling, that affection that one has for their young bride is something that never goes away. Now, this obviously raises the question, but it did, meaning you did forsake us, so to speak. You never forsook us completely, but you did hide yourself from us and you did distance us and you did send us into exile and Hashem addresses this question in the next two verses which are very famous psukim um, mostly because there's a song that uses these words katon for a brief moment I left you but with vast mercy I will gather you in even though thousands of years of exile are not what we would consider a brief moment 
they will be insignificant compared with the great mercy with which Hashem gathers us in and compared to the eternity that we will have with Hashem ultimately after the redemption comes. In slight anger, for a moment, I hid my face from you. But with everlasting kindness, I will have mercy, says Hashem, your Redeemer. Here, this Pasuk, in this Pasuk, we see the concept of Hester Panim, of Hashem hiding his face. This is a reference to the time when Hashem's omnipotence is not readily observable. He pulls back his influence in order that we be forced to find him. This is the reality of Gullus, of exile. Under these circumstances, evil and negative values become pervasive, which leads to destruction and suffering. This is the opposite of what we are promised at the end of days, with the revelation of Hashem and his power and dominion. These last two psukim, Zion and Ches, are really presenting the same point, that the love and mercy shown at the end of days will completely overshadow the suffering and distance even of thousands of years of exile. Sometimes the maintenance of a relationship demands distance in order to survive. But when the love and commitment is there, the distance is only a means. And when they can finally be reunited, the reunion is so much stronger than the distance that it erases the pain and distance before it. And this is what is described in these psukim that Hashem is trying to give us a consolation, nechama, just to tell us that the redemption will eventually come is not enough. What he's telling us is that not only will it come, but when it does come, it will completely erase any of the pain before it, which reflects the reality that the relationship was never broken. The relationship was strained and the distance was necessary for the two coming together in an even greater way. For this to me is like the waters of Noach. As I swore that the waters of Noach would never again cover the earth in Perak Tess of Bracious. So too I swear that I will not be angry or rebuke you again. Just like earlier in the Perak in the Haftorah, when the Navi pointed out a difference between the first two Bate Mikdash and the ultimate redemption, that's what this Pasuk is doing here. That Hashem says, we need not worry that there could be another exile afterward. Because Hashem swore, as he never swore with the first two temples, just like he swore after the flood, that there would never be another flood, that once we return to our land completely independent and sovereign, we will never leave. This is possibly a reference like we have in other places of Tanakh, and even more than that in the sages and the Talmud, that, that the, Navi, the Navi himself, or sometimes the sages, would reference a nevuah that had come true in order to show us that the nevuahs that we haven't yet seen come true, the prophecies that have been promised us but are not, have, haven't come to fruition yet, if those prophecies came true, then these prophecies will come true. So here the Nevi himself does it and says, 
just like I promised at the time of Noah, there was a flood, and I promised it would never happen again. And we've seen that a flood has never destroyed the world again. So too, you can be confident that this nevoah, that this prophecy will also come true. For the mountains may move and the hills may be shaken. But my kindness shall never move from you. Nor will my covenant of peace falter, says Hashem who shows you mercy. Hashem compares his praises to us to the physical structures that we consider most permanent. Mountains will move before my kindness abandons you. Do not think of my promises in human terms. It is true that I am now hidden. And if a human being behaved in the way that we perceive Hashem behaving, it would be incomprehensible for us to trust him. But that is only our perception. And Hashem's power and kindness are way beyond that. And he promises us that nothing can ever make him abandon us.